Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. At the age of 17, the day after I graduated from high school, I left my home in Atlanta, and along with my friend Andy, I hitchhiked across the United States. A couple months later, we ended up in San Francisco with about $5 between us. As the money started to dwindle, we went from eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to just peanut butter sandwiches to just bread, and finally, really not much anything at all. So on the way back home, I remember getting a ride from a guy in an 18-wheeler. He was hauling potatoes. As we got out of the truck, it was around dawn in Amarillo, Texas. I asked the driver if I could take a potato out of his truck. So standing there by the side of the road, trying to catch another ride eastbound to Atlanta, Andy and I tried to eat a raw potato, like an apple. If you're ever tempted to try eating a raw potato, guys, here's some advice. Don't do it. (laughs) Running out of money when you're 17 years old, when you're an idiot (laughs) at 17 is one thing, but running out when you're retired and too old to make more is something else entirely, which is why it's no surprise that running out of money before running out of time is the single greatest fear of those approaching retirement. In fact, according to one survey, for some retirees, outliving your savings is a greater fear than death itself. The problem as we approach retirement is that there are critical variables that we cannot control how our investments are going to perform, how much money we're going to need, and, of course, the biggie, how long we're going to live. Because we can't know the answer to these things unless you're very rich. Nobody can be sure they won't outlive their savings. What's an investor to do? Well, that's what this week's Money Podcast is all about. We're going to talk about growing your nest egg, but just as important, reducing your anxiety about it. After listening to this show, you're going to feel better about your odds of entering your golden years better prepared than you might have expected. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hi, Miranda. hey Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and a novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Oh, hold on. I'm finishing my raw potato sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried eating a raw potato? It's really nasty. It wasn't even washed either. It's like <laughs> yeah. still dirty. Okay, anyway. Okay, guys, before we get started, our usual disclaimer. Should you hear about investments on this podcast, that doesn't mean that they're recommendations. You never invest solely based on our advice because we don't know your situation. You got to form your own opinions. You got to make your own decisions, okay? Okay, let's get back to the topic at hand. Aaron, you were telling me before we went on the air that you had some interesting stats about retirement. Share. From a Money Talks News article, a uh, 2021 couples and money study by Fidelity Investments found that, in quote, saving enough for retirement was the number one concern for millennials, Gen Xers, and baby boomers. So when asked which retirement expenses provoked the most angst, 56% said healthcare expenses, while 46% said economic conditions outside their control, and 38% said outliving my savings. Now, 52% of this group say they don't know how much money they will need to save to maintain their current lifestyle in retirement. That's quite a bit. That's, that's half of those, those three groups. But but 77% of them remain hopeful, expecting to live comfortably in the oh. retirement. And, you know, actually, before we get into it, we're going to talk about specific steps uh, so you won't run out of money in retirement. But I really want to do, too, though, guys, is I want people to come away with less anxiety about it, you know? I mean, for example, you might have enough money, but you haven't added it up. You haven't thought about how much you're going to need or how much you're going to have or blah, blah, blah. And so you can have anxiety for no reason. And so what I really want to do, too, is focus on that, too, not just how to get more money for your retirement, but also how not to be freaked out. Because after all, at the end of the day, like I just said, and like Aaron said, too, there are things you, there are things you can't control. I mean, you, you don't know how long you're going to live. 
you don't know how your investments are going to perform. You don't know whether you're going to be in a nursing home or not. So no matter how much you have, you could have anxiety. And so I'd like to try to do what we can to reduce that anxious feeling that you can have. Because it's scary. Think about being 85 and, and all of a sudden running out of money. That would suck. Yeah, big time. And I think that we've all got that. I, I used an, I used a uh, retirement calculator the other day. I mean, and I'm, I'm 66 and, and I've got lots of money, I mean, relative to most people. And I'm still worried about it, you know? So I, I can understand why this is a real problem. So anyway, what do you think, uh, Miranda? What, what, what would you say to somebody who's worried about running out of money in retirement? What, specific advice or just general? I think a big thing is just, you know, preparing ahead of time and knowing how you're planning on using your money and trying to uh, figure out how to make it last as long as possible, which means you're probably going to need uh, you're probably going to need some sort of plan for drawing down your money. Uh, you'll need to keep some of your money in investments so that they're growing over time because you want to make sure uh, that you, you're, you know, growing that money so that it doesn't run out. So you're going to have to kind of take a step back and, and look at some planning. Yeah, I think that's an excellent idea. And it's exactly what I was aiming at. You I mean, because the more you plan, the less you freak out. I mean, this is true. The more you know, I mean, if you're in the stock market and you're freaked out, you need to learn more about the stock market. You know, the more you know, the less fear you're going to have. Yeah. Well, well, how how do you calculate that? So, I mean, out of that that study there, you got all these three groups, and yet half of them said they don't know how much money they'll need. So, so how do you, how do you calculate that when you well, got you know cryptocurrency disruptions, inflations, heat waves, sea level rise, water shortages, right. COVID? I housing, mean, short answer housing is you can't. Rising. That's what I just said. I mean, there are variables you can't begin to control. And now you could use calculators and you should. You can say, here's how much, here's how old I am now. Here's the age I'm going to retire. Here's here's the uh, amount of money I think my savings will earn during that time period. Here's how much I'm going to add to him, I hope. Uh, and, and then it'll it'll spit out an answer for you. But the truth is, it can't know. You don't know how much <laughs> what, your, what your savings is going to earn for the next 20 years. You can't know how long you're going to live. You can't know whether you're going to need a nursing home or not. I mean, you just can't know this. So, you know, I, I've almost stopped worrying about it and just started saving as much as I can, you know? Is that the is that the, is that the, the conclusion then, is just save as much as you can and spend as little as you can and make sure you don't have any debts and, and well, then I, live yeah, I, mean, I, I think ultimately it is, but I think what, what Miranda said is also true. You, it definitely is going to erase some of your anxiety to have a plan. I mean, at least if you, you can, maybe, maybe my assumptions about how much my savings are going to earn or be wrong, but at least I can make some. I mean, you know, or like I said, you could say, you could start off by saying, here's how much I spend now. And most people don't know that, you know. Uh, so if you, if you know that you spend $60,000 a year and you and your spouse's Social Security combined equal $60,000 a year, you're probably going to be okay, right? And now, now, now maybe some of the anxiety is gone. But if you spend $100,000 a year and your Social Security combined is going to be 40000 then you have to... Maybe not freak out, but maybe start making a plan on how you're going to bridge that gap, right? But it, you, you could still be wrong. Is that the big worry? Like, like, like I have my cars, I have my nice house, everything. And, and is the reality that we have to learn how to live with less when we get well, older? Well, it's a reality that... for some people. And that's what I'm trying to do right now, Aaron. Because just to be clear, for those of you who are listening to us for the first time, I'm 66. These other these guys are, I guess Aaron's in his mid-40s and, and Miranda's in her early 40s. So I'm actually at this place now. So I, I'm, yes, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to maintain my lifestyle. Uh, and I, you know, I now to figure out what my lifestyle is because sometimes my lifestyle is buying a new car, and sometimes it's not having one for years. You know, I mean, it's, I like spending money sometimes, and sometimes I don't. 
And, and my goal is not to have to reduce my expenses uh, when I get older. And I don't think I will because I've saved a lot of money over the years. But it's possible that I will. But there, but there are things you can do. For example, simple stuff. Okay, let's say that you use one of these calculators and, and it says, even though you acknowledge some of the inputs may be incorrect, it still says you're going to need more money. Okay, well, that doesn't mean that you're screwed because you can also just choose to work longer before retirement. I'm eligible for Social Security two months from now, so I'm probably going to work until I'm 70. I'll get 30% more. And I'm doing that because I like my job and I don't intend to quit working, so there's no reason for me to draw Social Security. That's, that's me. Other people could be different. Uh, so you can work longer before you retire. That adds to retirement savings. It also makes your Social Security higher. And if you like your job, or you could also get another job that you like if you hate your job, right? And just work a little longer. If you're healthy, why not? You could also work part-time after you're retired. So there, there are a lot of triggers that you can pull, a lot of arrows in the quiver if, you're, if, you're, if it looks like your retirement savings are going to be short. And that's just two examples, working longer or working after you're retired part-time. And it might be something fun to do. Work doesn't always have to suck. It could be something you enjoy doing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the things you want to look into is um, look into kind of those budgeting apps and kind of get an idea of, okay, where am I spending money? Um, these allow you kind of a really quick, easy way to do an overview of where your money's going. Where's your money coming from? Do you have money coming in? How's it going out? How does it move through your personal economy? And so having a tool like that can help you just sort of analyze what's going on and get a holistic view of your finances. So I personally, um, I use personal capital and it's just something that kind of gives me this view of like, okay, here are my investments. Here's how much I've spent this month. Here's how it compares to how much I spent last month. Here are the main categories of spending. If it looks like something is getting a little out of control and not in line with my values, um, I can say, oh, wait, wow, I have spent more money on this than I care to. I need to like rein it in. And so just being aware, I think, is very helpful because that can help you kind of um, get an idea of what's going on with your money and make tweaks and changes as needed. But you're not you're not at this point in your life. You're 42. Is that right? Uh, I will be 42. Yes. Okay, you're 41. So at this point in your life, you're not saying I need to have one million four hundred eighty six thousand dollars when I retire. You're not, no. I mean, you're not. You're not aiming at some target right now. No. Either when I was that age, and I'm still not <laughs> even now. I mean, yeah, for the most part, I'm just saying, okay, what do I need to like support my lifestyle and build, you know, what's going on here and, and what kinds of things do I have going on in my money to like help me move forward? And if you're getting to that point where you're worried about running out of money, then maybe you need to take a look at, okay, am I putting enough toward these goals? Because, you know, I put, I put money in my SEP IRA every month, like it goes in there. And so, I mean, it's building. And so I know I'm in that building phase. And, um, but at the same time, I also have my, um, I also have my taxable investment accounts. And so those things are funding some of my goals, like the travel and that kind of stuff. And so I just really think like having an idea of where you stand and what you're trying to accomplish with your money uh, can help you create ongoing plans rather than get super, super caught up with, I have to have X amount of dollars. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, by the way, now here's a solution that I bet you have not read anywhere or written in your case, Miranda, because Miranda is an author. Um, I call it the Sarah solution. Mm. Marry somebody 20 years <laughs> younger than you that makes a good living. Uh -huh. My little 401k is at work right now. 
So that's going to keep me from being poor when I'm old. <laughs> Unless, of course, she drops me like a hot rock when I'm old. <laughs> but, okay, so you could marry money. Okay, well, okay, that was a joke. But nonetheless. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it helps. You know, you laugh, but it, it's actually true for a lot out there. It is a way. <laughs> it is a way. There's many ways. It is a way. Um, also, there, and don't forget, too, if you're, a, if you're a homeowner, you can downsize your home. That could free up lots and lots of money for some people. Uh, but there, there are so many things that you can do. There's so many buttons that you can push or levers you can pull, I should say, when you, you know, if you find yourself in desperate straits. You can get a roommate. You can actually, here's one of the most popular podcasts we ever did. You can move abroad. There are places you can live like a king for a couple grand a month. I mean, it, granted, most, most of us don't want to do that, but it's, you could. There's, there's a possibility, right? It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like our retirement plan, you know, in an odd way, because um, we we're one of those people that started thinking about this, you know, in midlife. We haven't really think about retirement in our 20s and 30s. Oh, we started saving and started doing 401ks. So I, I got a feeling that we're kind of a lot of people are out there like this, you know. So our, our plan was trying to do, OK, well, let's just do what we can. Let's spend as little as we can, never get in debt and try to build up whatever we can. And then when, when we get old, hopefully we're healthy enough that we can do things, but just live, live really, really light. You know, that makes a lot of sense. And that's probably yeah. what, you know, what about people? Uh, uh, let me ask, I'll ask you this question and you can answer it when we get back from our break. What if you are 45 and you'd, you'd love to save for retirement, but you're barely making it now? I mean, you're, you're spending everything you make, living paycheck to paycheck. And this probably describes a lot of people. So I want you guys to, I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. We go hit our break and then we'll come back. You can tell me the answer. We'll be right back. Okay. You guys have had lots of time to think about that. <laughs> 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 They're laughing because we actually have no time. We do, we have the breaks put in later. So when I say we're going to break, we come right back. Okay. So anyway, so now we're back. What would you, what do you, would you advise a person who's, let's, you know, mid forties can't save because they don't have enough money to save. And, the, and now they're getting a little freaked out about retirement. What do, you, what, what do you say to them, Miranda? You know, people talk about cutting and frugality a lot, but I think in a lot of cases like this, it's really, you have to find a way to increase your income. I mean, you just do, uh, whether that's like getting some sort of a side gig, um, you know, doing a little bit in the, the, the economy, the gig economy where you're driving for DoorDash, doing some stuff for Instacart, just whatever that is. But or, or asking for a raise, right? Getting that promotion and asking for a raise, just trying to show your value if you haven't had a raise for a while, looking for a second job. There, When you get to that point, you just have to increase your income. You have to find ways to increase your income. It's nice to say, well, let's cut let's cut some stuff out. But the reality is, is there's only so much you can cut. And at some point you have to you have to increase your income. It seems like from the both of you, I'm hearing a lot of knowledge is power kind oh, of feedback. True. You know, um, whether it be uh, knowing your finances, budgeting. Uh, so if you're living paycheck to paycheck, trying to get a little, uh, go back to school, find another job, or knowledge about where you live. You know, if uh, we're, we're starting to think about it this way, where uh, housing is so expensive, our, our big thing is buying homes. But even we feel like we're kind of priced out of our little market here in Florida. It's gone up so much. And so it makes us think like, well, can this continue? Should we look elsewhere? I mean, that could be the same thing for somebody who's living paycheck to paycheck is like, well, maybe you live in an area that's just way too expensive. The, the Your income to expense ratio is just out of whack. That is true. 
and you might just, it might be wiser to go somewhere where you can get the same job, but the cost of living is way cheaper. Yeah, and, we, and you're right, Aaron. We live in one. I, Aaron and I both live in South Florida. Uh, and, you know, I, I did a story in front of my house. Uh, and I live in a 2,000-square-foot house built in 1965. It's on the water, which makes it more valuable, but it's no big deal. Uh, but I stood in front of my house and said, uh, doing a story on, on retirement, and I said, you know, I, I might get $3,000 a month from Social Security. My property taxes are $1,000 a month where I live, and, and my utilities are $700 a month. My electric bill is $500 a month. My water bill is $150 a month. So point being, this is a really expensive place to live. Right. I don't think you could just live on Social Security. I couldn't stay in my house. And that, that, that would be horrible. But as you pointed out, Aaron, this is, you know, you take enough time in advance. You don't have to do it when you're 40, but when you're my age, start thinking, like, where else could I live that, you know, I want to stay here, but I can't. I mean, I fortunately will be able to, I hope, because I've saved enough. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not that easy. So you have to think about it in advance. So, but, Aaron, I, I asked Miranda that question. What would you say to somebody if they said to you, I'm, I'm, don't have enough to, I, I'm not, I can't save because I don't make enough. I'm worried about retirement. What would you say? Uh, pretty much the same thing as Miranda said, but I was that person when I was young. You know, I, I, I was there at one time in my life. I, I was living on uh, food stamps in, uh, in the system. Uh, it's, it's hard and when you're 20, it's hard when you're 30, and it's hard when you're 40. But the only solution to that was I had to work my butt off. I got under the table jobs which was a big thing, which was a big help. Cause that way I was, you know, you're kind of like making money without, you know, you do realize taxes that, and all that kind of the stuff. government can hear this podcast, right? Oh my I mean, gosh, I, I Aaron, but, somebody's I mean, going to turn, everybody's everybody going to turn it. you in for like a <laughs> portion. Like, you're look at my financials. Let's look at this guy a little deeper. <laughs> every, it's, you're going to get turned but, in, man. You know, the system is not designed to help you, you know, do better in life. It's just not. So you got to pull out all the tricks. Oh, good point. Um, but I, I think it's that. I think it's it's getting reeducated. It's uh, it's just pulling out every stop you possibly can, um, because if you don't, you're going to stay there and you're never going to get better. That's really good advice. Now, you know, I wanted to bring up one thing too, and uh, you might be able to help me with this, Rand. I'm going to put you on the spot. But there there's, oh there's a concern that some people have, and they should have. You've got a bunch of money in your 401k. You're about to retire, and all of a sudden the market drops by fifty percent. Five zero. How do you eliminate that anxiety? Do you have an idea, Miranda? It's something you mentioned uh, before. Uh, are we going to talk about a bucket strategy? Yeah, you're so good. <laughs> you're so smart. So explain. Yeah, so basically what you want to do is if you're concerned about what's going on and what you're going to need your money for, it helps to uh, kind of create buckets for your money. So say, okay, well, um, any money I'm going to need in the next three years, I'm going to put into cash. And then that way uh, you're selling, you sell high, you sell, well, hopefully high, right? Uh, hopefully you're doing this before the market crashes. But if you have an ongoing bucket strategy, you can kind of uh, cycle through, right? Keep pouring money into your buckets as you go. So money that you are going to need in the next three years, it can make sense to go ahead, put that into cash. And then if the market crashes, you don't have to sell low. You can keep the money in the market and get through what is likely to be a recovery before you have to move on to that next step. Uh, then you can have a medium-term bucket, like money you know you're not going to need for like three to five or three to six years. You can say, okay, well, I'm going to put this in things like uh, income 
type investments like uh, solid dividend aristocrats, uh, bond funds, just that kind of stuff where you can say, okay, well, it's going to earn a little bit of money as well and provide me with some income. And I can use that to supplement with my cash. And if the stock market drops, if we have a big market crash, you know, you still have that income coming in from that middle bucket. And then you have your your money that you know you're not going to touch for at least six to seven years uh, out, and so you can leave that in the stock market. Leave that in these, you know, in these uh, higher risk items, so that, so that if the stock market does crash, you don't have to touch that bucket. You don't have to sell those things, and they'll keep growing. And then as you go through, right, as you go through, and as you re evaluate the situation as you rebalance over time, you know, you'll you'll start moving money from bucket to bucket. Uh, but you'll have kind of a, a better feel for avoiding those crashes and having to like, really sell a good portion of your portfolio while the market's down. Yeah, that's great. And so there's an anxiety that you can eliminate. And actually, we should all do that if you don't have anxiety about it. Uh, first of all, you should have money in the stock market. And for those of you who are saying, look, I don't know how I'll eliminate the stock market problem. I won't have any money in stocks. Well, then you've got a different problem, which is you're not going to keep up with inflation. So even though it seems stupid to, to have as, that are risk assets when you're retirement age, you, almost, you have to uh, because you're going to still live, hopefully, another 20, 30 years. And you're going to need your, your income to keep up with inflation. The only way to do that is to grow your assets. And, then, and then one of the best ways to do that is with stocks. You can also do it with real estate. That would be Aaron's uh, preferred method of investing. Uh, but, you know, you have to do something that entails risk in order to defeat inflation. But in order, to, but having a bunch of cash enables you not to have to tap into your stocks or, or real estate, right? Right, which again is knowledge, right? You know, knowing when to win, when not yes. to. Well, there's always, there's always in any topic, there's an inverse relationship between what you know and, and your anxiety level. The more you know, the less you worry. Just that simple. There are lots of things you can do. And we may be, we may be cutting a little short today. We have a little more time left, but... The one thing I really want to impart is that all is not lost. No matter where you are, no matter how little you've saved, no matter how long you waited, no matter how many articles you read that said that you're an idiot for waiting too long to save, <laughs> all is not lost. There are options. There are levers you can pull that are going to help you if, you, if you're not going to have enough. And, and hopefully, you'll have Social Security, if nothing else, and that is an income. Uh, that you maybe not be able to live high high on the hog, but you can live. But there are lots of things that you can do. And, and especially now, you know, Miranda mentioned earlier working. I mean, there are so many things you can do now. I mean, when I started, well, not just when I started, 10 years ago, or it seems like 15 years ago, if you wanted extra money, you had to go get a job at Target. I mean, you know, or work at a bar, right? I mean, now there's a million different ways you can make a little extra money. You can buy something on uh, eBay and sell it on Amazon. I mean, there's there's so many different things you can do. And that was not the case. So there, there are ways you can make extra money. And we're getting healthier and living longer, although actually our our average age did decline last year. But, um, but you know, you've got time uh, and you're going to be healthy, hopefully, for longer periods of time. That is, by the way, another thing we didn't consider, though. Um, if you're afraid of running out of money, you could not take care of yourself. And then you'll die sooner. <laughs> not, not, you don't see that often. And just head to the bar and <laughs> smoke yeah. your butt off. You don't, you don't really fine. see that it's listed fine. in very many of these uh, <laughs> advice columns. But I, I actually had a friend who said he had no retirement at all. 
never I mean he spent every dollar he ever he ever got and he said I'm just gonna die when I'm 60 and I'll be damned if he didn't do just that he died <laughs> when he was like 58 years old nice yeah this is not the way we want things to happen for you guys hey he had a plan yeah, he had a plan and he stuck to his plan unfortunately though what happens when you don't take care of yourself is you don't just die you actually end up in agony you get you get open heart surgery and all kinds of bad things happen to you life sucks so we don't just fade away you know fall asleep and not wake up fortunately um i mean some do some of us do but well in the end i mean a lot of people everybody's going to worry about health expenses they're going to worry about you know conditions outside their control but but that's just exactly what those things are they're conditions yeah. that are outside our control and you really can't worry about them all you can do is is plan the best you can and do what you can but create a plan the best you can and stick to that plan and modify that plan when you need to and no matter what happens don't despair because we're going to be here for you to give you advice we're not going to give you money though <laughs> okay guys we may be out of time but we're never out of topic dig a little deeper you're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes lots more and remember if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That's Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. If you got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, we would love to hear from you. Email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you appreciate what we do, do a little something for us. Subscribe to this podcast. Takes you a couple seconds. Really helps us, though. So if you like us, show us and subscribe. Tell your friends, too. I'm Stacy Johnson. And I'm Miranda Marquette. I have a couch to rent. 200 bucks <laughs> a month. Anybody want to sleep on my couch? <laughs> that was Aaron Freeman. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We'll see you right here next time.